This is a content that is not suitable for kids like me. All right. Um. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Pline, Liam Seacon, Diana Seacon, where we prove we know nothing about our legal system, but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. I feel like, in a way, this is our first normal episode in over a month. Yeah, kind of. Because we had all the October episodes, which don't quite count as normal. No. Um, And then we had a guest, which was amazing, but not normal. Right. Like, there's something about this that's just like, oh, I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what to expect. You know this one, even though we're in a whole different location on a different day. Yeah, and it took us like 45 minutes to get the uh, computer to cooperate. Good times. Yeah, yeah. How was your week? It was good. That was a deer in the headlights look. <laughs> How was your week? Uh, it was so many things. It was so busy. It was so busy. So busy. You guys will be glad to know that Diana is not going to have an allergy attack on this week's episode. No, I hope not because I'm in my own house and yeah. that would be bad. But we have decided there is something wrong with the basement. There is. Thank you to friend... And not not much of a listener at all, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) She also turned into a just giant snarfling ball. Yes. (sighs) From my basement. Yeah. So that's next on the list. I I ordered the air purifiers today. (laughs) Now I have to call the landlords. So Diana, did you learn anything this week? Oh my God, I did. You always say it like you're surprised. <laughs> I've been finding such good stuff. Like, there were a couple of weeks where I'm like, uh, I don't know. I didn't really learn anything good. Like, I guess mm-hmm. this will do. Like, the last few weeks have just been, like, a fucking gift yeah. <laughs> of, of awesomeness. come along. So, I don't know if he listens, uh, but thank you to Eric for posting this on your wife Pam's Facebook wall, because I stole it, and it's what I learned this week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Are you going to tell me about it or just like gaze I'm just, lovingly? I'm just going to read. Yes, I'm going to gaze lovingly, but I'm just going to read the headline because I think it says it all. Okay. Llama blood clue to beating all flu. Okay. That doesn't say it all. I'm going to need more. <laughs> so they have figured out that when llamas make antibodies, mm-hmm. they're much smaller than human antibodies. And then through magical wizardry that I did not understand, even though I understand that the newspaper is written at a fourth grade reading level. Okay. They are able to um, manipulate the genes, I believe, of us to make us immune to flu. I did not understand the science behind it. Using llama antibodies? Yeah. Because they're little. So okay. when you have antibodies, apparently when they go into the germ to fight it, yeah, it's just the tip. 
Yes. <laughs> I was wondering what the dramatic pause and like look was for. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Said. But because llama antibodies are smaller, they can go farther into the cell oh, and, and disrupt f- more. Yeah. So do they do they put their antibodies in a human um, in the hopes that we will just use them as our own or that we will make more antibodies no. against the antibodies, which then doesn't make any sense at all. So here's what it says. The genetic instructions for making the antibody were packaged up inside a harmless virus, which was then used to infect the noses of the test subjects. Okay. The cells in the lining of the nose then started making the flu-killing antibody. The same one? The llama one? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's we super do that cool. with other things? So, don't know yet, um, but they were saying that part of the reason this is really cool is that it could work in the elderly because apparently flu vaccine is not super effective. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that elderly. would make sense. Um, well, and I wonder if you could give it to people who shouldn't have a flu vaccine. Like, I wonder if it would have the same risk factors. It like younger people or frailer people or so it might because it was saying that the um part of the beauty with this genetic manipulation versus just injecting like llama shit into people is please don't inject llama shit into people Diana. <laughs> no that's no good at all but the regular vac- vaccines train your immune system mm-hmm. and this one doesn't do that you're right. just making it Right. So it's not like, I mean, I know that the flu vaccine doesn't make you sick and then you get, but like, it's not making you have a reaction like that. Right. It's not making your immune system fire up. Right. It's just part of normal business. Interesting. Yeah. Living in the future is amazing. Right? Llama blood. Llama blood? Llama blood. Llama. Llamas are such useful animals. Aren't they? Llama alpacas. Mm Mm-hmm. Alpaca llamas. Alpaca llamas. That just sounds like alpaca llamas. Alpaca llamas. So, Erin. Yeah. Did you learn anything this week? I did. Mm. So, I learned two things. What? Uh, Wait. I know. <laughs> when I learn, I go all out. <laughs> but one of mine has to do with my story. So, I'm going to hold on to that one. Okay. Excuse me. Because if I tell you, it's also kind of the... I don't want to say punchline, <laughs> but it's kind of the punchline of my story. So we have to wait till that point. Uh, okay. So the thing that I learned when I went out with the intention of learning something was like, you know what? I'm going to learn something this week. <laughs> I'm picturing you like coming out of your front door with like a, a brightly colored coat on and your bag. So like, today I'm going to learn something. That's right. <laughs> Except... Really, I was lying in my bed going, the kids are taking a nap. I should go to sleep. Wait, first I should learn. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. That's also a pretty good visual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I am going to guess that you already know this. I did not know it, but it's kind of a history thing. And I feel like you're you're really into that. Lewis and Clark. No? Okay. So... I know one thing about them, but... <laughs> what is it? You can trace their trail by the... Oh, no! That's the thing I learned! <laughs> but tell the whole thing, because it's actually okay. super fascinating. On their journeys, <laughs> um, they had... they 
they and their team stopped at more than 600 sites. And every time they would stop at a site, they would dig a hole for everybody to shit in. Right. Right. Even if you're only going to be there for a day, like everyone should shit in the hole. Oh, God. Um, That's like my nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I agree, but it's better than everyone shitting in random spots. Is it? I think so. Is it? Well, it turns out to be historically very useful. Okay. Or so archaeologically. That'll, that, the, okay. Okay. So the other thing that they did along the way, other than shit in specific locations, is that they took medication for a couple of things. Um, one was just like constipation, like basic, like, I'm having issues because we're eating irregular food on mm. this strenuous journey. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was almost definitely syphilis. As, as we've learned, syphilis did a real good job of trying to wipe us out. Yes, it did. It still is a scary, like the more I learn about syphilis, the more I'm like, oh. Yeah. I just stay away from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we went to the Mütter Museum, when Amanda and I went, oh, it was yeah. like half of it was like horrible shit syphilis will do to you. Well, right. Because it does it on so many levels. I right. Mean, like just, and then at the end, it's just like, no. Well, into every fucked. system. Because some of it was divided yes. up into the different bodily systems and it just wreaks havoc on. All of them. And when it gets to the brain, then whoa. Oh. However, what they were using to treat their constipation and syphilis was um, they were these pills that people called thunderbolts or thunderclappers. And basically, they were some combination of heavy metals, mostly mercury. And so the thing about that is, that's really bad. It's not good. It's not good for you. But it's mostly not good for you in a gaseous form, which is why, like, Mad Hatters, Mm, that was an issue. Um, But when you take it in pill form, it doesn't, we don't do a good job of absorbing heavy metals, obviously. Not supposed to. Not supposed to. And so it goes through your system pretty fast. So even though it does do some damage and you're definitely, especially if you were, like, producing these pills, you would be subjected to a lot of toxins. But, um just going through your system is not likely to kill you in any speedy way. Right. Uh, however, it also does not ever decompose uh-huh. or anything else. And so now we can very accurately track their journey <laughs> based on mercury readings in the soil. That is so cool. Isn't that just bizarre? It is. Like, gosh, that's great. Yeah. I think it's great. No, I th- um, In the process of learning this, I also learned some other things about those pills, including that some were sold as never-ending pills because since they didn't get at all digested, in theory, they could be retrieved and reused (gasps) any number of times. I'll let you think about that one for a minute. No, I've already thought about it for too long. Uh, There was a discussion on Reddit about whether it would be worth it. You would only need you know, a handful. And then there, w- you could maybe have a retrieval and sterilization business. <laughs> and uh, Hard yeah. pass. Yeah, right. I'm just not sure that any amount of riches is really worth being in the retrieval and, re- and sanitation business. I mean, as a mom. Uh, no, it's true. <laughs> like Anyway, so that is one thing I learned. The other thing I learned has to do with my story, though. Okay. Is it my turn? It might be. All right, it's my turn. Just do I'm it. Go first. All right. So my story this week is very short. 
All right. So I actually lied about learning two things because I kind of learned three. I have a little bit of a follow-up. I have a (laughs) follow-up from an earlier case. Ooh, which one? Uh, So way back in season one, Jordan and I would do a long story, a long story, and then a short story. Mm. And the short story was often just headlines, essentially. Okay. Uh, And one day we did headlines, and it was like a series of headlines, I think. I just re-listened to this recently, and I'm having vague memories of this is how it went. And one of them was that a man, I think it, it, it went, man with nothing declare to declare was found with 51 tortoises in his pants. What? (laughs) (laughs) So the story... I would have a lot of things to declare at that point. The story, we didn't go into it at the time. Like, all we knew was it it sounded (laughs) like he was going through customs. He said he didn't have anything biological, I guess. And it turned out, actually, he was smuggling tortoises in his pants. And there was a lot of speculation about how he thought he was getting away with that shit. Because 51 of anything in your pants. Like, even 51 M&Ms is going to be noticeable. Yeah. Peanut, maybe not plain. I mean, it depends on where it is in your pants. If I taped them to the outsides of my legs and wore, like, baggy pants, I could get away with 51 peanut M&Ms. I suppose, but I feel like tortoises are bigger than peanut M&Ms. Yes, well, and these were. These were... um, (laughs) These were not, I mean, they weren't like full-grown tortoises, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you are like, killing it with the, the uh, visual images <laughs> here. <laughs> we, we, like, based on the images that accompany the story, they seem to be kind of the size of, like, a door handle. Like, that <gasps> diameter. That's so still the rather, rather large to have 51 of them in your pants. Yes. And were they just... Free So at that point, that was all we knew. Okay. Um, I, today, in researching my story, which is also about smuggling, (laughs) I came across the story again, and I was like, I gotta read more into this. So this is my little update, is that uh, apparently he had them taped to his calves and the outsides of his thighs. And then he had them in his pockets. And so he had just taken them and, like, strapped them to himself. Now... But then had some leftovers and threw them in his pocket? Right. Which was actually probably how he got caught. Like, well, I don't know. Because I, I just... How do you not look bumpy? How do you not... <laughs> how do you not click when you're walking down the aisle? Well, how do you walk normally? Yeah. I mean, I even know. just the... The weight. It, like, like, you're all... Off. wrong <laughs> yeah well and you can't so he didn't have them on the inside of his thighs so that's good <laughs> that would have been but quite even the walk. still i feel like i'd want to walk a little bow-legged so as not to bang the tortoises up against each other on the insides of my legs right i feel like they would click i feel like it would be uncomfortable yeah so either way it turns out this dude was a college student he was one of many hired by the smuggling ring oh wow and it was he was like one semester away from finishing his degree and this one smuggling mission would have paid for his last like oh he was hard up for money and he took this stupid job that sort of seemed harmless like it's not drugs it's turtles like not a big deal right Um, across the border right he was arrested and sentenced to five years in prison Oh, so now he's five years and one semester away from finishing because I'm going to guess <sighs> they don't have the correct level courses available to him in prison. Also, 
spears for some tortoises? Well, so I am torn because I was reading about all of the different sentences and all of the people that are involved and all the money that's spent and all of the... And, like, it's sad because it's definitely animal abuse and tons of animals die being smuggled. Right. But also, it is a big environmental issue if you were to bring... Like, it's fine if they were bred in Minnesota at this, you know, breeder and they were shipped all over the U.S., but they were expensive to get into Canada, so you smuggled them in. Like, that's one thing. Well, but why were they... Like, were they pet turtles? Were they eating turtles? Were they... So I think these were headed for, these particular ones were headed for a pet store. Okay. But if they are bred in unsafe conditions, if they are, they contain some sort of disease or bacteria, if there's a reason why they don't belong in that environment, like letting, um, not ball pythons, Burmese pythons Mm -hmm. in Florida, that's a problem. They can grow big there. Like (laughs) the roaches that I order for my lizard you can have them sent to all of the states except Florida and Hawaii Uh because they can live there. Um, And so I feel like it potentially has a huge environmental impact. There were things that came in on boats into the Chesapeake Bay that wiped out huge. And that wasn't smuggling. That was just accident. Yeah. I mean, I can see that from the potential standpoint. But was he jailed on... Like environmental terrorism or was it? Well, I think that's probably just why the laws are so like the sentencing can be harsh is because it could be such a disaster and better to prevent it all. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I'm a little torn because it's kind of it's kind of like the drug thing. Like he is not benefiting from going to prison for five years. No, no. It's just going to fuck up the rest of his life, which it sounds like he had. Like, he was trying to make money for school. <laughs> right. He was at least, yeah, <coughs> making some attempt to, to finish. Um, but on the other hand, like, if there wasn't a consequence for it, then everybody would easily do it. And right. then more would get through and there would be more problems. Yeah. So I, it's kind of like drugs, right? Like mm, sending you to prison for heroin addiction, not going to help you. No, but also Might sending a college kid to prison for a couple of weed busts. Right. Just not fucks helpful. everything up. Right. Um, so I don't know. So he did, he did get five years. There was some talk about um, it being uh, that he might be able to get out early this was like a a really strong sentence for him Mm -hmm. also while he was in prison he taught the other inmates um he became fluent in spanish so that he could teach the spanish-speaking inmates who had nobody to like look out for them wow yeah yeah it's kind of heartbreaking it is but it's also like that was a kid who gets shit done no matter where he is yeah Yeah. wow yeah like it's true he totally took this as an opportunity. Yeah. Anyway, that's not my story. <laughs> it was still a really good one, though. It, yeah. I intended for that to be a very short update because the story I actually want to tell you is about a different smuggler. Well, I think I've heard about the tortoise one. Like, again, like headline, like, hey, guy yeah. had tortoises in his pants. Like, you know. Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe even from our podcast because it was one of the first season episodes. So it would have been a long time ago. Yeah. Um. But, so, this man does not have a name, which 
just makes me crazy. Like this is his parents just didn't get around. Yeah, they just were. They just couldn't be bothered. No, Um, because it is still a continuing investigation. He has not been charged. Oh, and well, okay. All of the articles I found were from 2015. Okay. So my guess is that they never charged him. In 2015, when all of the articles were written, and I read a bunch, it's very light on details. <laughs> they had not charged him. And so my guess is that they never did because yeah. then he never appeared later. They never did an update or anything like that. So it must have just fallen off. But it's so amusing, even though it's really <laughs> light on details. So I'm going to tell it. So this guy is headed, he's 23 years old. He was headed from Dubai back into Australia. He was going into Melbourne um, on a Sunday. He was flying in, obviously. (laughs) I hear that's what you do there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could have been swimming, but he wasn't. Um, And when he was coming into Australia, something about him, he got pulled aside. And they discovered that he was carrying a vitamin container in his luggage, like his carry-on. And inside the vitamin container, no vitamins, just two eggs. Like for breakfast. No, like for breeding. Those must be tiny eggs. Yes. They weren't like chicken eggs. <laughs> I was going to say that. I, I, don't, I don't think there's any supplement container that could hold a chicken egg. <laughs> yeah. uh, children's multivitamin gummy bears. Giant container. I could fit two chicken eggs in there. Right, but I'm thinking of like the one a day compartment one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think that his vitamin container was like he had dumped oh, out the vitamins. Okay, okay. So my guess is it like went through an x-ray machine and they were like, that's not vitamins. Those look like eggs. Right. We got to look at this. So two illegal eggs. So then they start really looking through his stuff <laughs> and they find that he has on him uh, and he had a money belt. But one of the articles I read described it as he wasn't, like, wearing it like a belt. It sounded like he'd stuffed it down his pants, and it was, like, in his crotch. <laughs> so a money belt in a weird place. And in the money belt were more eggs. Like t- and I saw pictures of this. It was bizarre. But, like, it's a whole bunch of little compartments, and it's, like, egg, 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 seed packets. Egg, 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 seed packets. So seeds and eggs in his money belt. Oh, my gosh. Then, depending on which article you read, I'll tell you the one I would choose to believe. Uh, an eggplant, an undeclared <laughs> eggplant. <laughs> Are they not cool with those in Australia? Well, so it's more that, yeah, Australia is very specific about what gets brought in. Okay. Like they have a lot of concerns about. Oh, because they've had such a problem. Yep. Yeah, about things being brought in. Um, and he didn't declare it, so he's not allowed any sort of fruit or vegetable, like, or <laughs> animal or egg or whatever, um, or seeds. So all of that was not okay. My whole thought about this is, you got caught with the eggs that fit in a vitamin bottle. Right. Where the hell was the egg <laughs> Right. <laughs> How did they not notice? I did see another thing that said samples of eggplant, mm. which made me think maybe he'd cut out the center with like the seeds. Because I think that's one of the ones that you really want to plant it with the flesh because it oh. needs to kind of rot or whatever. But, uh, but at least one of the articles I read was like, an eggplant. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the one we're going with. Well, it could have been, I used to get through the CSA that we had. I don't remember what they were called, but they were long, thin eggplants. Yeah. Almost more cucumber. Yeah. Not like the, not the big, big aubergine. Ones, yeah. Right? I'm just thinking he stuffed the money belt down his pants. He stuffed the eggplant down his left pant leg, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he was like, ha, 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 and everyone just let him go. 
I mean, what are you going to do? Then you have to investigate. Nobody wants that. Right. <laughs> right. Because what if it's not an eggplant? So I wish that I could say that the eggplant. <laughs> no, I am happy to report that the eggplant was not the most surprising thing he was smuggling. <gasps> do tell. Because strapped to the inside of each ankle. under So he was wearing his pants and under his pants Good. he had on tights and under the tights presumably between his legs he had the money belt okay and then i don't know where the vitamin bottle was <laughs> and i don't know where the eggplant was <laughs> but under his pants under his tights strapped to his ankles inside so wrapped up inside padded envelopes strapped to the inside of each ankle pigeon like a pigeon each Yes. So, how did he think nobody was going to notice that he had a full bird in a big envelope duct taped under tights and pants? They didn't. They noticed the vitamin bottle with the eggs in it. They did a bad job. (laughs) (laughs) But also... Why are you smuggling pigeons? But do do they not have them? Well, <laughs> and if so, good. <laughs> like, is this like a, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to release these pigeons and they're going to breed and then you're going to have pigeons. <laughs> like, why pigeons? Pigeons aren't that bad. Well, no, I, I don't mind that. But like, they're also not desirable. No. they're Like, <laughs> nobody is like, I'll give you $500 for that pigeon egg. No one... <laughs> No one does that. Like you couldn't smuggle. Look at cockatoo. Yeah, a macaw. Like, there, there are birds that <laughs> if you are, yeah, inclined, would be much more valuable for that kind of risk. He could go to prison for ten years for this. I wonder if the pigeon was just a little something for him. Two pigeons, one right. on each leg. But just the, a white know. one and a gray one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was his treat that he bought with the bonus <laughs> for all of the other shit he was smuggling in. The eggs, the seeds, the undeclared eggplant is what oh, they called it in one of the articles. Man, you like, know that's, that's eight of those ten years. <laughs> right. Undeclared eggplant. And it's not even that the eggplant's a problem. Like, the eggplant's totally cool. It was the undeclared. Right, right, right. <laughs> I just like that now this eggplant is so official. It is the undeclared <laughs> eggplant. You suppose they're still maintaining Pigeons. it as evidence? <laughs> so they did turn it all over to whatever the agriculture blah, blah, blah thing is. Um, and they refused to comment. But, you know, years ago. So I'm sure now it's just all. He didn't go to prison for 10 years for his pigeons. <laughs> That's pigeons. amazing. Right? So, in the course of looking for this story, I read so many smuggling stories. (laughs) They are, some of them are just tragic and horrible. And, like, they had um, cockatiels, which are severely endangered. Really? Less than a thousand wild ones left. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lots in captivity. So, they'll still exist, but they are no longer in the wild. Um and a lot of that is actually due to smuggling. Usually it's due to just us killing everywhere that they would want to leave and mm. everything they eat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of this is due to smuggling. And they had, I forget how many, some ungodly number. And they had taken water bottles and cut the top off 
and shoved them down inside the water bottles and they drugged them so they wouldn't move. And these things are just, they're wet, they're cramped, they're injured, they're like smashed into, you can't even tell they're birds. It was awful. Um, Then on the other side of it, someone was caught with thousands of tarantulas in boxes in their luggage. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Like 1,500 or something? No, 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 no. Far too many tarantulas. So there was a lot of that. But when I was in your bathroom earlier. Whoa. And Liam has all of his bath toys. (laughs) And I was sharing my concerns about the... (laughs) <laughs> level of feeding and care that the leopard gecko in there gets. The rubber plastic. leopard gecko. Yeah. <laughs> you also have a chameleon. Do you know what kind of chameleon it is? He has the three horns coming out of the front of his head. Is it a karma chameleon? No. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Jackson's chameleon. And should we be giving it back to Jackson? We should not have it at all. They're like next to impossible to raise in captivity. But... Around my 25th birthday, I decided I really wanted a chameleon. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want a parrot chameleon because they are huge and so expensive. But they're the ones that you see that are like very traditional chameleon shape. And they're bright red and orange and green and purple and blue, like really colorful. Those Mm -hmm. are parrots. Um, And then the ones that you always see in the pet store, those are veiled. And they're the light green and they have sort of the um, the, like thing on their head. Mm -hmm. So their head's a big triangle. Uh, Jackson's chameleons are the ones with the three horns. They look like tiny tra- <laughs> Not tarantulas. <laughs> tarantulas. Triceratops. So I bought myself Jackson's chameleons for a birthday present. I was like, you know, I'm looking through this site. I'm like, well, I have to get a boy because <laughs> they have the horns. Like the girls don't have the horns. So they're just chameleons. So I have to have a boy. But I also want a girl because like. <laughs> female anything tends to be friendlier mm-hmm. more holdable it's like i also want a girl and oh my god you can buy gravid females because jackson's chameleons are oviviviparous so they kind of give live birth they lay eggs but inside their bodies oh. and the eggs hatch inside of them so then when the chameleons come out they are alive so it looks like they're like a mammal giving live birth mm-hmm. and so i bought a gravid female Wait, what does gravid mean pregnant but okay. not pregnant because you have eggs. So you can't be pregnant if you lay eggs. But she's laid them inside of herself. So now she's. Right. So gravid means you're going to have eggs. Okay. Yeah. So like chickens are gravid like all the fucking time. Right. 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 Yeah. So there were going to be babies. There were going to be babies. There we go. Um, I did not do any good research on this company. And I never did afterward either. Because when I received them, like immediately bells went off. And I was like, ah. So, um, so I just decided it was better if I just didn't know <laughs> because when I opened the box, cause they shipped them to you. Mm-hmm. So I opened the box to find my chameleon and there's my little boy I named him Cornelius because <laughs> corn horn. Yeah. And, uh, then there was my girl and another girl. They sent me three. Ooh. They're real expensive. Mm-hmm. So I called and I was like, I didn't order three. Like I can't afford three. Yeah. Oh, well, we must have sent it by mistake. Just keep it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just keep it. Okay. So I had three chameleons. Both of the girls had babies. The babies were amazing. They lived like four days. Mm. Uh, Then the girls died. Or no, then Cornelius died. Then the girls died. They, so they were supposed to have been captive bred. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess it's possible that they bred these 
lizards together in captivity, and that's how the females became uh, gravid. Mm -hmm. But it is not possible that they came from. They were not fit for living in a cage. They had definitely been wild animals. So I guess I was pretty much definitely the recipient of smuggled chameleons. Yeah. So, which I felt very bad about, but I just didn't do the the research ahead of time like it looked legit their website was very good it was all in you know like good english they had several payment options it was secure like right so i just didn't do any more research than that i was like this is a good price on these chameleons they can ship them to my area i have everything set up like we're gonna do this yeah so but if you don't know what you're looking for too because yeah i run into that having hedgehogs yeah. There are very few legit breeders. There are a lot of pet stores that don't handle them appropriately. Hedgehogs can get pregnant like two like years before they're born. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Um <clears throat> So what I what I didn't get to tell you was the other thing I learned. And then it's your turn. Okay. The other thing I learned was so I, I was reading like a listicle, right? And that's where the story was. And it was just labeled as like pigeon in pants. <laughs> Okay, so then when I went to look it up, I didn't have a name because there's no name to the story at all. So mm-hmm. there hadn't been one in the list. And I was like, all right, well, what if I just search pigeon in pants? <laughs> oh, God. And I have discovered there is such a thing as pigeon pants. So there are more than one company <laughs> that manufactures underwear for pigeons because Pigeons make really great, like, city companion animals. Mm-hmm. If you get them young and they are healthy, like, they they are easy to come by. They are very cheap. They're really easy to care for. They like humans. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a little bit affectionate like a chicken would be. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't take up any space. But, of course, the big problem is you either have to keep them in a big cage, and they need a big cage because they're big flying birds. Right. Or let them run around your apartment and if they're running around your apartment they're gonna poop everywhere poop everywhere they have no control over it. you can't train them not to they right have to so pigeon pants oh my god that is fantastic yep <laughs> this was a good week for facts it was a good week for facts <laughs> lots of shit facts but still <laughs> so diana do you have a story for me i do this one is a really good one I'm excited. William Herbert Wallace mm-hmm. was born in Malone, Cumberland. Okay. In 1878. Ooh, an oldie. And he was the oldest of three children. Now, that was before you were born, right? Yes. Barely. Barely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. around the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did Did you know any of his younger siblings? Did you go to school with any of them? Um, no, because they were in England and I was here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So after he was done with school, he began training as a draper's assistant, and that led to a position in Manchester. And after five years there, he got a transfer to the company's office in Calcutta, where he stayed for two years. And his brother, Joseph, was living in Shanghai by then, so apparently they got around. Yeah. And he suggested that William move there, too, so we did. In 1907, he resigned from his job and returned to England because he had kind of recurring kidney problems. Oh. So in he 19- thought the damp would be good. better. Yeah. No, he uh, wanted a doctor. Well, okay. <laughs> so, fair. So he um, he came back home. He got one of his kidneys removed at Guy's Hospital. Oh yikes! 
And then he got involved in local government. He was an election agent in Harrogate. And it was there that he met his future wife, Julia, and they were married in 1914. Oh, that was like right before your birthday. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So information around the time when this all first came out suggested that Julia and William were about the same age, but somebody actually tracked down her original birth certificate and it turned out she was 17 years older than her husband. Really? Scandalous. Yeah. And, And in like the opposite direction, I would have thought. Right. Yeah. Like... Yeah. <clears throat> so at the beginning of World War One, the position of election agent was eliminated because there weren't elections. Mm. So William was on the lookout for a job again. His father helped set him up with a job at the Prudential Assurance Company, where, fun fact, almost 100 years later, I would work <laughs> <laughs> as a collections agent. So he went around and collected the premiums from the insured people. Okay. In 1915, William and Julia moved to Liverpool, and during the 1920s, William supplemented his collections gig by lecturing part-time in chemistry at Liverpool Technical College. Nice. His hobbies included botany, chemistry, and chess, and he also learned how to play the violin so that he and Julia, who was an accomplished pianist, could hold musical evenings at their home at 29 Wolverton Street in Anfield. I just, that's so charming. It's so cute. I love everything about this. Yes. (laughs) Just something bad is going to (laughs) happen. So by 1931, William and Julia had been married for 19 years. And by all accounts, their marriage was a good one. Mm -hmm. They shared interest in music and chemistry and chess. Their lifestyle was comfortable. One author described it as a placid and unexciting but contented union. Okay. Yeah. I feel like unexciting is a perfectly fine thing for a 19-year-old marriage to be. Yeah. Like. That that's that kind of what you want, right? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> where I, I would like to be, actually. Yeah. Like, absolutely, just we are comfortable. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On January 19th, 1931, William left his house to go to the Liverpool Central Chess Club's second class championship. Ooh. He was, quote, a mediocre but enthusiastic chess player. <laughs> he sucks, but he's such a good but, sport. Right. And an irregular member of this chess club. Maybe if he stuck with it a little bit more. Maybe. He took the tram to the city cafe to play in this tournament. And when he got to the city cafe, the captain of the chess club, a man named Samuel Beatty, told him that he'd had a phone call. A man had called the city cafe and asked for William, but since he wasn't there yet, Beatty had taken the call. Beatty told the call- caller that William was on, the, on his way and to call back later. But the caller, who was described as having a strong and gruff voice, said that he wouldn't be able to call back later because he was at his daughter's 21st birthday party and asked Beatty to deliver a message to William. Okay. The caller said that his name was R.M. Qualtro, and he requested that William meet him about a business matter at 7.30 the next evening at 25 Menlove Gardens East, Mossley Hill. Okay. That's a lot of detail. Right. For a business meeting. I mean, for us to have about a business meeting, so it's going to go badly. <laughs> Such a pessimist. I just, everything was so nice and sweet. I just, and it's, this is a crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when William arrived at the cafe, Beatty did give him the message. 
And William said he didn't know a man by that name or where Men Love Gardens East was, but he figured he'd figure it all out. This is the depression. He wasn't turning down business. Okay. He'd figure it out. So the next night, William had his tea and he kissed his wife goodbye. And he reminded her, as he always did, to bolt the door behind him when he left. Right. He got on the 706 tram going in the general direction of his destination. And since he wasn't real sure where he was going, he asked the conductor, like every leg of the trip, where he should get off from Menlo's Garden East. And they all got interviewed later. And they're like, he was fucking pestering us. Didn't know where he was going. Thought we knew something. <laughs> like, So he talked to a bunch of conductors on the tram. And he got off the tram at Men Love Gardens West, and he began to search for his destination. He asked everyone. He stopped people on the street. He stopped a policeman. He talked to... Um, this is a lot of effort for a meeting you don't know anything about. Right. But again, no cell phone. No, yeah, you know, it's business. True. He even stopped at the house at 25 at Men Love Gardens West to see if that guy knew oh, man. <laughs> where it would be. And everybody said, like, I don't know where that is. We don't know anybody by that name. We got nothing for you. Did it not exist? So, fun fact, uh, when I was reading all about this, there is a Men Love Gardens West, there is a Men Love Gardens North, and there is a Men Love Gardens South. There's no East. Wow. Yeah. Which would make you question it, even if you were a local, like, unless that was just a thing that... That, that everyone you says, knew. Right, yeah. because you'd be like, well, no, I know where the other ones are, but I guess that one, I just never been there. Right, and they're all around here, so, so it be must somewhere. be there. Yeah. So nobody knew anything. He stopped at a news agent to check a directory and just nothing. Didn't find anything, decided to fuck it, exist. go home. Doesn't exist. Wow. So he goes home. And at about 8.45 p.m., he ran into his neighbors, the Johnstons. And they were on their way out for an evening. This is, of course, a semi-detached home, so they shared a wall together. Okay. And William was all anxious, and he asked if they'd heard anything unusual through their shared wall. And the Johnstons said that they hadn't. They asked what was wrong. And William said that he had gone to the front door and tried to open the door with his key, and it wouldn't open. Uh-oh. So it's the back door, and he tried to open it with his key, and it wouldn't open. And now he's nervous because that's weird. Also, you've got to be thinking that you're losing your mind at this point. Right. <laughs> I just spent the whole day looking for something that everyone didn't know where it was. Right. And now I get home and my key doesn't work. Like, Right. Have I gone to the wrong house? Right. Am I in an alternate universe? Right. Yeah, what is What happening? is going on? So he, like, he couldn't open his doors. And the Mr. Johnson was like, slow your roll. Let's try this again. Yeah. You know. Let's try it out. Go you got to, nervous and then it yeah. wouldn't work. Let's go to the back door. Let's try it out. So they go to the back door and it opened just fine. Okay. So he got nervous and it didn't work. Right. So he asked them to stay outside while he had a look around because he's just anxious at yeah. this point. So he's going up towards the front of the house. He's lighting the gas lights on the way mm-hmm. up to the front. And then he's lighting the the lights in the front parlor when he found the body of his wife in a pool of blood. Oh. So he went back to the house and called to the Johnstons, come in and see she has been killed. Oh. She had been beaten in the head so savagely that her brain was exposed on the left side. Oh, my God. 
Police were called, and when they arrived at about 9 p.m., they found four pounds, which is about $350 today, missing from the tin in the kitchen, which is where William kept the premiums that he had collected Uh, from his customers. But yeah, he's the guy with all the cash. Right. He's the premium guy. But no other money was stolen from either Julia's purse or the vase that they had money in upstairs in the bedroom. So none of their personal money was stolen, just the business money was stolen. Well, I don't know that the vase, I don't know if the vase was personal or business. <laughs> I suppose in the bedroom it would be theirs. Nothing else seemed to have been taken, although a cleaning woman would later say that an iron bar and a fireplace poker were both missing. Mm. And there's actually a picture of her body. She is right by the fireplace and some of her clothing yeah. like caught on fire. She was too close. Oh, wow. It was an electric fireplace or maybe gas, not right. fire fire. So obviously William is our main suspect. Yeah. And within a month, he was arrested. He was charged with the murder of his wife. He has a weird alibi. He's got a weird alibi. Um, but he continued to say that he had nothing to do with, with the crime. He just he had nothing. The Prudential Staff Union believed him, and they sponsored his defense. Oh, good for them. Mm-hmm. Way to stick up for your employees. Yeah. He considered himself uh, very stoic, and he was not emotional at all during the trial. And it's thought that it was because of this total lack of outward emotion that he was convicted. I was going to say that can't go well. Nope. You, you have to be nope. crazy. Yeah. He was convicted of the murder, even though the, the evidence was circumstantial at, at best. Right. And you said there were a whole bunch of people that were like, no, he was here. He was here. He was here. Right. So the jury deliberated for an hour and sentenced him Decided to all those people were mistaken and he's a murderer. Right. It's okay, though. It is? Mm-hmm. Is he a murderer? Don't know. So when the court clerk read the verdict, William was asked, have you anything to say why sentence of death should not be passed upon you according to law? And William replied, I am not guilty. I cannot say anything else. Wow. Maintaining that he was innocent, he appealed. Okay. And in an unprecedented move... The Court of Criminal Appeal quashed the verdict on the grounds that it was not supported by the weight of the evidence. And this was the first time this had ever happened in the UK. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty big deal regardless. Right. So that's actually why I did this one, because that's a really huge deal that the appeals court was like, it's just not there. Yeah. Um, William was released and he returned to his job at the Peru, but life was hard. The community believed that he had murdered his wife and gotten away with it. Oh, his previous customer shunned him. He got threats and hate mail. And so he changed jobs. He took a clerical job at the head office instead of going out and collecting. Mm -hmm. And he moved house. Less than two years later, still working for the Peru, William Wallace died of the kidney issues that had plagued him for his entire life at the age of 54. And Julia's murder officially remains unsolved. (sighs) So the question here is, did William Wallace kill his wife? Right. And we don't know. There are a lot of problems with the theory that he is the one that did it. So first of all, he didn't have a motive. Right. Everything seemed good. Everything seemed fine. Julia didn't have much life insurance. They were fine for money. They had a nice marriage. He apparently kept a journal and his journal entries were just very contented. Everything was fine. And then after right. she died, he was horribly yes. grieving. Yeah. 
um, the neighbors that they shared a wall with said they never heard raised voices. They just nothing to ever indicate that there was a hidden that there was a problem. And apparently, one couple came forward that were friends of theirs. They're like, no, there's a lot of tension going on. There was some shit, and everybody else was like, no, no, everything's been fine. Right. So, oh, and it didn't seem like anybody was having an affair. Nobody was fucking around. That was my only other thought is that maybe he had discovered something and instead of dealing with it, he just did a quiet revenge. No. And there there was one, there is so much documentation about this. There are books. There's a whole bunch of stuff. But one of the things I read said that like some of his friends thought that she was kind of (laughs) weird. Like she was kind of, kind of cold and a little, little controlling. She was just really old. Well, but that was part of it too. If she really was almost 20 years older, that would have put her in her seventies at this point. Yeah. You know? She's and, allowed to be a little weird. Well, and she would have also been older when she got married. So she's probably setting her ways. And, you yeah, know. no, it's true. And probably at that time, like, pretty sheltered. And right, yeah. So, yeah, I could see where that would come off as a little weird. Yeah. So then there was the timing. She was last seen the day that she died between 6.35 and 6.45 p.m. by the milk delivery boy and somebody else. William would have had to leave the house no later than 6.50 to make the 7.06 tram, which he was definitely on. So he would have had, at best, 15 minutes to brutally murder his wife, get cleaned up, and make it to the tram in a not noticeable state. Right. Wow. And then there's all the people he talked to. He didn't know where he was going, so he kept asking for directions on the tram. He talked to a police officer. Uh, the police officer also gave him the time. It was 7.45. But I don't know if that, like, if I was establishing an alibi because I had managed to brutally murder somebody in 15 minutes and then try to get, I would, of course, ask a police officer for the time. Yeah. Because now he knows what time he saw me, and he's a police officer. Like, right. No, that that that's true. Could be establishing an alibi. It could be. He also went to the post office. He went to a newsstand. He checked the directory. He talked to the people that worked there. Right. So then there's another theory that maybe he did it when he got home. And again, we the timing is too short. Between the time he talked to the cop, stopped at the post office, stopped at the newsstand, took the tram home, and then alerted the Johnsons that he thought something was wrong, he would have again only had like 15 minutes to get all this done. Right. Um, police later tried to stage a reenactment to show that this time frame was possible, but they used a young officer and he sprinted between right. all of the, the stops. And this guy was 52. He was in such bad health that he was going to die in two years. Right. He like, wasn't sprinting. He wasn't sprinting. Stops. He wasn't showing up places like having visibly exercised to that fashion. Right. Right. Because then you would know, like, he seemed out of breath. Right. Yeah. The crazy guy who kept asking me about the place that doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Also was sweating profusely. Right. We also don't know for sure what time she died. Right. The original estimate was around eight, but that was based on rigor mortis, which is totally imprecise. Right. Then the medical examiner, with no further examination of anything, changed that estimate to six. But we know that can't be true because she was definitely seen alive at least 35 minutes later. So why? Why? Oh, you know what? Actually, I just feel like it might have been six. Right. No, that was totally it. He just, it was the vibe of the thing. 
So there are lots of other theories about who killed Julia Wallace, from William hiring somebody to do it, to a disgruntled former right. co-worker who took out his rage on the wife of the man that exposed him, mm. uh, to the perpetrator of a string of local burglaries being surprised by her presence. But we're never going to know who killed Julia Wallace so brutally that the blood spattered seven feet up the wall, took some money, and then locked the door behind him. I think he hired somebody. I don't think he had anything to do with it. I would have said I don't think he has anything to do with it, but I'm just a little weirded out at all of the witnesses that he talked to enough to be memorable and and about something it wasn't like he was meeting somebody and it was an urgent meeting I mean I guess if it's work it, and it's the depression like it is a yeah. little bit of an urgent meeting but but he didn't know anything about it he didn't say he would be there it wasn't even a conversation he had right but he spent money to go to this place and then spent a ton of time to go to this place asked a bunch of people like life insurance commissions are real high <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they were in the 30s, but when I was selling life yeah. insurance, they were real high. I yeah, I don't know. I just um yeah, that's my guess. I think he I don't know why, but if he had anything to do with it, he definitely didn't do it himself. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. But he if he hired someone, the rest of the stuff he did makes sense as setting up an alibi. Mhm. So there are a lot of really cool quotes. Um, there is, uh, there's a lot of written about this. There are a lot of fictionalized accounts. Like there's right. a lot around this particular murder. Yeah, this would make an excellent like novel. Yeah, it has. <laughs> I, well, right. I haven't read it, but it, right. it has. So one of the, my favorite quotes about this was from James Agate, who was an English diarist and theater critic in the early part of the last century. Okay. And he said of this crime... It was planned with extreme care and extraordinary imagination. Either the murderer was Wallace or it wasn't. If it wasn't, then here at last is the perfect murder. It's true. No, it that is so true because, yeah, if it's not him, they sent him deliberately out mm -hmm. on this, like, insanely specifically, like. Yeah. So the other really great quote is Raymond Chandler. I call it the impossible murder because Wallace couldn't have done it and neither could anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are great. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> Man. <sighs> I don't think there's any hope that we'll ever know. No, not at this point. I, but. I think about like the crimes that we've talked about that I want to know and like some of them. Mm -hmm. We might. I still am holding out hope for the Parkway murderer. But yeah, I think... I mean, you know, I keep going back to we didn't know where the Titanic was when I was a kid. Right. There are lots of we, di we didn't know who deep through it was. Like there are lots of things we found out that it's not inconceivable that there is science we don't even conceive of yet that will help us. Well, and like with the Parkway stuff, I think there is science that exists and evidence that has been found. Yeah. It's just a matter of prioritizing. Yep. Um, and so. putting it together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I don't like stories that don't have a clear ending, but that one is very it's interesting. A, well, and like there's so much that that was the executive executive summary, right? Right. 
Well, and... And there are still arguments going on that he did it, and there's a lot of evidence. One of the other things that I didn't put in there was that the phone call that was made to him at the cafe mm-hmm. was made from a payphone that he would have passed oh, on the way. man. But... That is so much thought into establishing an alibi. Right. But again, was it coincidence? Right. Was it the main drag that everybody goes on the way? Was it someone who had been watching his routines? Right. And and that's how he knew him was because he passed him every day. Right. But almost every part of it, you could flip it the other way. Well, it seemed like they had a really happy marriage. Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe she was mentally cruel to him because she seemed kind of fucking weird. Right. (laughs) You know, he didn't have any motive. Well, maybe he thought that she came from... Well, he didn't because I mentioned her family and it sounds like there was no inheritance to be had. Right. Like there was nothing to necessarily gain. You know, and it said she had very little life insurance. Well, he sold life insurance. Maybe she didn't. You know? That's true. Although <laughs> if she had more life insurance, he didn't cash in on it because that would have raised. It would have raised flags. And also like he kept working. And in fact, it seemed like he had to because he had to transfer to a job where he wasn't harassed all the time. Right. Right. Instead of just quitting or retiring or. Right. Whatever. Starting over. Yeah. Moving to France with all of his sweet money that he got from killing his wife. Right. Right. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that if he did it, it did not go the way he'd intended. No. I mean, he got off, and she's dead, so that would have been a success. Right. But but it didn't I just can't like imagine was... that he then was like, this is this is how I wanted it to be. No, but the, and it doesn't seem like it. Like, he'd always been kind of sickly. Like, he came home and stopped traveling because his kidneys were all messed up. Right, and now he also doesn't have someone there to, like, help him. Right. Now he's all on his own. Right. Like, I just... To die. Yeah. It makes no sense. He didn't live the high life. He didn't have a girlfriend after that. Right. You know, he was got sicker and fucking died. Right. And unless he also faked all his journal entries, it sounds like he was also miserable. Really? Yeah. So. Like, things were really hard for him after that. So, like, from a standpoint of, is it somebody who knows you, the door was locked, and that seems to point to somebody that had a key. Like, okay, yeah, but but there's no why. Yeah. You know, and there are no reports that he was prone to violence, like. It seemed like he was an off and on member of the chess club, not because right. like he got tossed out for being an asshole, but because he just didn't show up for stretches. Right. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was too into the violin right. <laughs> during that time. Or... He was busy throwing musical parties <laughs> with his wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Like, there's just no reason he wasn't better off in any way. Right. Right. And if it had been something like a mercy killing, you know, we found out she had incurable cancer. She was starting yeah. to forget who people were. Right. Then he would have said. Maybe. Well, but also, I feel like he wouldn't have beaten her to death. Well, that's the other part, too. Like, if it's a mercy killing, even if you're hiring someone, presumably it is because you love that person right. so Right. You don't want to be horrified. Right. You don't want to, like, yeah, yeah, kill them in a painful, horrible, bloody no, way. Yeah, no, you're right. It's not like he just came home and she was dead. Right. I mean... That she'd been poisoned or even right. shot or like. Right. But no, like bludgeoned but to death bludgeoned, repeatedly, probably yeah. with two different instruments if two of them were missing. Yeah. Also, 
did they determine, like, I'm assuming that when you said that the the housekeeper, whoever said that two things were missing, Mm. were they pretty sure that was because those were murder weapons? They figured. So then two murder weapons. Is either somebody with a hell of a lot of rage or a couple people. Well, one of them, so it sounded like one was like a fireplace poker, but it sounded like one sounded more substantial than it was. It was described as kind of a thin piece of metal. So maybe they started with that and it and was it too wimpy for the it job. Didn't work. Gotcha. But you don't want to leave it. Right. No. Don't leave the murder weapon. That wow. I feel like we could just debate this forever right. and ever. But but the other thing too is if the Johnstons were home, which they were because they were leaving when he got there, they didn't hear her being bludgeoned to death on the other side of the wall. True. In which case I mean that could go a couple ways. Like Was it them? Ooh. Maybe. But also, if they really legit didn't hear her being murdered, bludgeoned to death on the other side of the wall, then perhaps there were lots of arguments and fights and things that they also couldn't hear. True. Yeah. Well, and if they, you know, if she was caught by surprise. Right. And didn't make a lot of noise afterwards. Right. One good hit. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, once she was on the floor, there was probably more, but... Well, right, it's not particularly to, loud. No, you just have to silence somebody really quick. And she was old, like, yeah, especially I mean, for was, the time. She was an older woman. Yep. So you don't have to even hit her all that hard, and it's probably not all that challenging to sneak up on her. No. So yeah, I, I really don't know. I don't think he did it. But there's no reason to think that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to, like make a murder board and put all the evidence <laughs> up and reach a conclusion. But this is something too that, you know, with cell phones like unless wouldn't I, happen. Right. Unless I leave at home if it came down to it, you could track every movement I make. Oh yeah, 100%. Well, and I was going to say even if uh, sort of on the other side of that, you wouldn't spend a day looking for a place that doesn't exist because you would have put it in your GPS in your driveway. Well, yeah, and also somebody wouldn't have called me at the cafe. Right. That, like, they'd have called me. Right, right. Which gives me less of an alibi. Yeah. Well, and you would have looked into them mm-hmm. to know whether or not they were legit. So, no, it's a real weird <laughs> story. The is really weird. Yeah. But, again, is that just one of those weirdly specific details that somebody who's lying puts in? Right. I can't talk. I'm at my daughter's 21st birthday party. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah, the more you think about it, the less clear it is. Well, because then everything starts to not make any sense. Yeah. Oh, Diana, now I have stuff to think about. Right. Look at you learning. Learning. Thinking. thinking <laughs> wrecking my weekend. Sorry. Luckily, yeah. it's almost over. Never say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I realized the error of my ways as soon as it left my mouth. <laughs> so, Diana, how about any shout-outs this week? Well, first of all, I want to tell you that Crime Crazy is sponsored by Elizabeth Wilder. Woohoo! And Dave Hat. Awesome! Show sponsors support Crime Crazy at the $10 per month level or above. Thank you. Thank you. If you would like to support Crime Crazy, please find our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash crimecrazypod or just search for Crime Crazy Podcast. We want to take a class and we would like for you guys to pay for it. Yes. So, um. <laughs> so we 
have learned some things about editing and podcasting, but there are more things for there us to know. Things. Yes. That so would be really cool. It'll benefit you to give us your money. That's right. So go to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> All patrons get a monthly shout out on the show. Yes. Except for our sponsors who get a weekly shout out. That's on right. Because the they're sponsored. You're our favorite. Don't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're all our favorites. <laughs> Somebody will take it to his head. Uh, <laughs> it's true. All right. If you'd like to get a shout out on Crime Crazy, you can do that by leaving us a review. If you go to iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, any of those places, really. Leave us a review. Say some nice words about us. We give shout outs for all reviews. But we like those five star ones the best. Yes, we do. We get so excited. It really does make like my whole week. Oh, totally. So I know I'm guilty of this because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I, I tend to binge. Like I'll listen to a whole bunch of episodes and then move on to the next one. And I don't take the time to go on and leave a review. Mm hmm. Which is so dumb because it is so easy. It is so quick. I love it. I want other people to love it, but I just don't do it. And if it makes them feel like it makes me feel to get a review, like I'm going to do better. Yes. No, totally. <laughs> I need to do that too. day. Yes. So if you want to make our day here, how about this? How about a review challenge? Okay. So you leave us a review. Yeah. And if we don't acknowledge it, again, please feel free to tell us about it. We're not Point sure we out. catch all of them. Yep. For every review we get, uh -huh. you and I leave a review for one of the podcasts we listen to. Oh, I love it. Should we do that? Yeah. And if we get like tons and tons that we have to listen to new podcasts. Okay. All right. So so for every review, are we leaving two? We're each going to leave one? Mm -hmm. I think we should. Okay. Yeah. Because we, we have divergent listening lists. Which a lot of the people who listen are also podcasters. So I am very happy for you to be like, hey, this is sort of like a review exchange. Yeah, totally. This is my podcast. I Seriously, like I'll listen and leave a review 100%. Absolutely. All right. So there we go. So for the month of November and December, let's go all the way to the end of the year. Any, All right. any reviews that are left for Crime Crazy, we will each leave a review on another podcast. Awesome. Yay. And if you want some influence into that, just let us know. That's right. Which podcasts. Tell us which ones. We do have some other shout outs too. Because remember, we promised that <gasps> we would shout out a special group of people. That's right. And it is time to do that. It's time for voting shout outs. Woo! Yay. Thank you to everybody who voted. Everybody who voted. Guys, awesome. Awesome work. We that yeah, um, and I, I think I'm gonna do first name last initial just because we didn't. Yeah, we I didn't mean they know it. they're getting a shout out, but we didn't yeah. specify. So Donna T, yay, one of our amazing, amazing first fans, um, Peg P, ooh, and Mike P. <gasps> I know, very nice. Dan H, ooh. Ray F, who did not get a sticker. <laughs> That's right, but did vote. <laughs> Good work. Uh, Tammy W. Thanks, Tammy. And Patty M. Thanks, Patty. I think we should also shout out ourselves. <gasps> so, Diana S. Ooh, thank you. And Jeff S. <gasps> he voted too. And, and I'd like to also thank Aaron P. <gasps> Yay. And David P. Yay. Thanks for voting, guys. And I mean, according to voting stickers, also Sophie and Toby P. <laughs> Uh, also, the table in my front hall where Liam left it. Nice. <laughs> my
my daughter wore her voting sticker as a pirate patch, as she that. always does when she's given stickers. She sticks it to her eyeball. Then she gets real mad when it pulls out her eyelashes, but she keeps doing it over and over again because we have not learned. So, guys, and there are so, so many more of you that we know voted because we saw your Facebook and your Instagram yes. and your whatever. So, awesome work. Thank you. Thank you. We, we did can, a good job. I would say we can, we can fix this. We can do this. If I'm not deported, we can fix this. If you're deported, can you still help us fix it from afar? Uh, like, you'll still care, right? No. All I'm, your friends live here. I'm going to have a prime minister to look at. <laughs> that is totally fair. Anyway, on yeah. that note, you can, if you have something to say about that, find us on social media. <laughs> We're at facebook.com slash crime crazy. It's our page, which will lead you to two different groups, public or private, depending on how many people in your world know your obsession with true crime. True story. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at crime crazy pond. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Instagram at crime crazy pond. Mm -hmm. Check out our website at crime crazy .com or send us an email because we haven't gotten really very much in there lately <laughs> yeah no it's pretty much just staples advertisements yeah. which i think i finally unsubscribed or you can email us at crimecrazypodcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter you're at aaron Plyme. i'm at diana underscore secon or instagram you're at e Plyme. and i'm at diana underscore secon so my Instagram has pictures of Mira taking over Hogwarts Ooh. and it has pictures as of last night of the amazing card that my five-year-old made, <laughs> which has a lovely picture of him and I holding hands under a rainbow. I'm the pink one, I'm a little bit taller, but really <laughs> it just means my legs go further down the page. Like we're the same height. Uh, and then on the inside, he attempted to write, I love you, mom. Mm hmm and when he runs out of room, like he gets to the edge of the paper, instead of going down to the next line, he often goes up. <laughs> he also apparently forgot where he was and repeated some of the letters with the result <laughs> that you open the card and on the inside it says, F you, mom. <laughs> and then it says, I love you. Love being spelled L-U-O-F. <laughs> you. It's amazing. It's going to work with me. I'm going to pin it up so that it is open. F you, mom, all the time. Because I feel like I need that in my daily life. Absolutely. <sighs> Diana, do you have any words of wisdom for us this week? I do. I'm ready. It's not too late to vote. Keep voting. Keep voting True. in all of the elections you can. Show up at your city council. Write to your Congress people. We vote, do vote, this. vote, 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 vote. Vote at every time you can, but only the once in the correct place. If you would. Well, don't. yeah, I guess don't send in multiple ballots. No, that's not cool. Thing. It's not how we're going to do this. Right. Right. Well, no, and that is actually super good advice because it's not like, hey, we did a good job this one time. Now we can sit back. No. Yeah. Being no. a good citizen isn't something you do once a year. Got to do it all the time. All the time. And also, we are going to start picking up presidential candidates. Look what happened last time, fuckers. Yeah, guys, pay more attention this time, okay? Right. Everyone. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> vote ironically. That is how I once had a professional wrestler as a governor. It is how we have Cheeto hands as a president. Yeah. We've got to do this right next time. Yeah. Okay? Vote. Call your people. Call your people. Check on them. 
Make sure they voted. Make sure they voted. Make sure that they have not frozen to death because you know what? It got into the single digits here, guys. Save me. I have bad news for you. Single digits. And don't end up on next week's episode. My sister just sent me a picture of chocolate wands, but they're like chocolate, um, like the elder wand. Ooh. I don't think you should sell those. No. I was really upset at Harry Potter World that you can buy the elder wand. Like, really? Really? <laughs> and give that to an American. This is bad, bad idea. <laughs> oh, I have so many feelings about Harry Potter this week. So <sighs> many feelings. I just need to sit down with like two people and just share my feelings this is really good gin 